News Talk 770 AM, 92.5 FM, WVNN. Phil Williams here, Right Side Radio, solid conservative, just plain right. Hey, listen, folks, we've got plenty going on. I've been talking a lot about Afghanistan. Oh, man, I mean, the news unfolds, I mean, just like by the moment. Um, so right before we went to uh, break, I told you that the, the breaking news is that they finally put a number on how many Americans uh, may well be still uh, in Afghanistan. Uh, the Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, believes that we're looking at under 1,000. Uh, but he said that, um, you know, they were tracking upwards of 6,000 uh, on, on August 14th. And he thinks that some of those may be wanting to stay. Some may have left on their own without notifying anyone. Others, um, he's not sure. But uh, bottom line is we look like we have, in his estimation, somewhere between 1,000 to 1,500 more to exfiltrate from the country. Um, anyway, uh, more to come. More Are to there... Come on the, yeah. Are there any more updates on getting Hamid's family out? I did say that, didn't I, before the break? Yeah, so I got an email. Uh, in fact, man, while, while you're asking me that, another one just popped in. Let me just confirm this real quick and see what I got here. So, folks, just to update you, um, we're working on a new lead uh, to um, Hamid's family was approved. And, uh, um, yeah, okay. So, so the contact uh, that, um, okay, the bottom line is yes. Uh, we got an, got an email confirmation uh, that they are pushing the information to the proper places uh, from the uh, the people that are going to, and I won't I won't say who because I don't want to give away any operational security, but the reality is there is an official office uh, that is helping coordinate the exfil exfiltration uh, for um, Afghans who have been approved. Hamid's family was approved in the last 24 hours uh, on with all the stuff that we've been sending in on their behalf. They have what's called a P1 status, and now it's just a matter of getting them out. Um, so coordinating that. Uh, we sent during the break uh, a, a number of things, uh, kind of an update package, uh, a request uh, with an endorsement uh, from me uh, to the right person who just acknowledged it. So that's what came in, Copper, uh, during the break. I'm seeing now that I've got confirmation, and they're saying they're pushing it to the right people, and they're doing their best to make sure it gets done, and they'll keep me updated as we go. So that's where we are right now. Mm, okay. Wow, folks. I mean, it, is, it, it, it boggles the mind uh, at how much is happening as we speak. And it's, it's such an honor to have this platform, just to, 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 to be able to be on here with you, breaking news and making it real. And, 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 it, and it's happening literally uh, like before our very eyes. Don't think for a minute, uh, and I know this audience doesn't, but you know what? If you, if you run into someone that says, Afghanistan, oh yeah, that thing on the far side of the world, I don't know how that impacts me. I got a job to do. I got other things going on. I got kids going to soccer, whatever. You know, just understand, this does impact us. This is the kind of thing that literally, because of its, if its, if its significance, this is going to be. This is one for the history books already. This is one going down as one of the worst foreign policy debacles, coupled with military foreign policy debacles, coupled with international diplomacy debacles, coupled with. Uh, hurting things like long-standing relationships with NATO allies, to include Great Britain, debacles. Uh, that is that is is so um, so large in its scope that if if they don't get a grip on it real quick, it's the kind of thing that's going to make. I mean, literally, it's going to make like your gas prices go up. Because as you as you look at an administration that's already chosen to to sacrifice our energy independence. You're going to see foreign nations that could care less what we think because of the way we handled Afghanistan, which means that foreign trade, to include energy trade, changes, which means that prices go up at the pump. Do you see what I'm saying? Don't think for a minute 
or, or, or those maybe you deal with at work or, you know, in the fast food line or wherever you're having your conversations, don't let them think for a minute that what's happening in Afghanistan is, well, we know we shouldn't have been there. It doesn't matter to me, man. Let's get out. It's bigger than that, y'all. It's going to affect all kinds of things. It's going to affect trade. It's going to affect things like farm to market. It's going to affect things like our farmers who, who ship uh, you know, beef and, and, and other uh, farm products overseas because trade agreements change. It's going to affect things like steel. It's going to affect things like uh, the cost of microchips, which are in virtually everything we use nowadays, the majority of which are made in China. And oh, by the way, that requires rare earth materials which we have very limited amounts of here, but they have huge amounts of in Afghanistan. So as we leave and create the vacuum, I just heard KT McFarland a little while ago talking on uh, an interview with uh, Andrew Wilkow. And she was, uh, she was literally saying that she is not going to be a bit surprised to be able to find out for affirmatively at some point that either the Russians or the Chinese or both were financing the Taliban and keeping them alive long enough to get to this day. Yep, I'm not going to be a bit surprised with her uh, because there are near-peer bad actors uh, in the world right now who would love nothing more than to see the United States diminished because it raises their status. They can't catch up to us, so they have to drag us down. And this current administration is allowing that to happen. But I do believe, by the way, I, do, I, am, I am firmly entrenched in the position that 2022 is going to be a big year for conservatives. I had a conversation this morning. I was down in Montgomery uh, having some meetings before I came back you know, to the studio studio here to uh, get on the air with you, having a conversation with some, some key people down in Montgomery. And, and as we were talking through things, one of the things that we discussed was there is a sense right now that if there is a challenge to an incumbent or someone wanting to run a race, that you're going to see people who are coming in for those races more from the writer side, if you will, uh, of politics than the center. Because people right now are getting sick to death of governing from the center because governing from the center very often co-ops itself to the left. And the left wins when they get a centrist because they know the centrist will, will, will work into the things that the left wants, whereas the left rarely gives up anything to the right. What we need are people who will stand to the hardline positions. It's okay to work across the aisle. I worked across the aisle for eight years. I was, able, I, was, I was known for the ability to have relationships on both sides of the aisle in Montgomery. But I was also known as one of the more conservative members of the body. I hope you could imagine that. And, and, and truthfully, when the gas tax, when they tried to pass it uh, uh, the first time back in, what was that, 2016, I think it was? I'm one of the ones, to, I'm, in fact, I was last in alphabetical order for the roll call vote in the Senate, and I'm, basically I'm the one who cast the last vote that said no. So that, that, that's not happening right now. And, and whether it be state politics or federal, I believe 2022 is going to be a very telling time. And there, there, are, there are roughly 22 seats right now. I think it's 22 at last count. 22 seats just in our state legislature this year that are going to be open. Open seats not even having to fight an incumbent, not even having to fight an incumbent who may have a war chest. There are going to be 22 potential open seats in the state house and Senate. And I guarantee you that while there will be some centrists running, that for the most part, we've got to find those conservative candidates who will stand up the right side ruffian attitude, the kind who says, not on my watch, the kind who looks around the world and says, I'm so sick of seeing that happening over there. You know what? I'm done. I'm running for office. 
when I ran in 2010, I had never run for office before. I was a political novice. You know, I think I said before I found out later on, you don't always start with the state Senate. I just did. You know, I looked around. I saw some things happening that I did not agree with. I recognized the opportunity was there. I didn't go around smelling the political winds and taking polls and doing those kind of things to decide whether I should. I just prayed about it, and Charlene and I said, let's do this. And if we didn't win, it was going to be fine because we would have made, you know, whatever name for ourselves we could for the causes we believed in. But we won. Go figure. And we were part of the Republican wave. God's timing was perfect. Well, listen, I'm not the only one who can run for office never having run for office. It happens all the time. I'm just telling you, folks, if you are in this audience right now and you're a conservative, a believer, and you believe for, you know, maybe even a little bit that it's time for you to do something, then it may be time for you to do something. At the very least, I would encourage you in this. Find those candidates that stand for the things that you believe in and back them. And I don't mean like just put on a, a hit like on their social media post. That's, that's nothing. Anybody can do that. I'm saying get out and knock on a door. I'm saying put a sign in your front yard. I'm saying tell a friend. I'm saying wear a T-shirt. I'm saying send a, you know, instead of buying a pizza on Friday night, send that 20 bucks to the candidate so they can buy more signs. I'm saying get involved. I'm saying do the phone banks. I'm saying find those candidates who will say I am fiscally conservative. I am socially conservative. I am opposed to the woke ideology. And not only that, but here's why. And they can explain it to you. Go find those people, y'all. We have got to. And that's how we're going to take back. That's how we're going to take back our state and our nation. Our state, you say, Phil? Well, yeah, our state. Because things happen right here. And by the way, I'm not talking about you having to run for something that takes you to Montgomery. Man, just run for your city council. Have you seen how much authority city councils have been exerting over their communities in COVID? It's amazing. What about school boards? Oh, are you seeing what's happening in the school boards? I mean, I've talked ad nauseum about the Huntsville City School System having this woke curriculum called No Place for Hate that talks about changing the, the constructs of pronouns, but don't tell the parents because they might not understand. I mean, why is that even allowed in our school system? I hope somebody's calling them on the carpet for it. But how about running for school board? How about, you know, and, and by the way, I had some wonderful towns in my day. I got very fond of some of my small towns, places like Steele and Altoona, you know, and Center. It just, it just it's a small town. The town of Altoona, by the way, has a great administration. It's a town council where literally they all know each other because the population is only 982 last I checked. But they run for office, and it's amazing what Mayor Nash and those council members have done for that small town of Altoona. And I'm just going to tell you right now, no matter where you are, you can make a difference. Whether you get involved, or whether you're the candidate yourself, or whether you see a cause that needs to be spoken to. Wow, that was a soapbox I didn't expect. But listen, folks, we're going to go to a short break right now. When we come back, I'm going to tell you about a few other things that are happening in, in, in state politics. We just had some elections. Did you know that? We have some major elections in the state of Alabama. Yep, I'll tell you about those when we come back. It's 347 right now, August 25th, 2021 on News Talk, 770 AM, 92.5 FM, WVNN, Right Side Radio. We'll be right back.
News Talk 770 AM, 92.5 FM, WBNN, the powerhouse in North Alabama and the biggest show across the northern part of the state in the afternoons is this one, Right Side Radio, solid conservative and just plain right. I'm your host, Phil Williams, and we are glad to be with you. Hey, listen, I was telling you right before the break that we're going to do some state politics here and some things that are happening in elections. Did you know there were elections? You know, apparently a lot of people in Birmingham didn't even know it was the Birmingham mayoral elections. That's that's kind of crazy. I'm looking right now. Uh, Birmingham has 145,564 registered voters. 36,790 ballots were cast. So that means they had a 25.27% turnout. All right, let me just go ahead and tell you. If, if, if only a quarter of your voters turned out, that's horrible. That is just horrible. But, but this is a big deal because... You know, up until recently, Birmingham was the biggest city in the state. They are now almost the third uh, uh, in size. Uh, they're barely, they're like 130, literally, the census said they have 133 more people than Montgomery, and Huntsville has now surpassed them. Uh, but here's the deal. Uh, in unofficial totals, uh, Mayor Woodfin, Randall Woodfin, the most liberal mayor uh, in Alabama, one of the most liberal in the southeast, one with 64%. One for re- one re-election with 64%. Well, that's, that's 64%, by the way, is huge in politics. I mean, that means you cruised. There is, there's no need for a runoff. And there were one, two, three, four. Uh, there were four candidates who registered. There were a few others who didn't even get 1%, so they weren't counted. But what I'm saying here is that Woodfin uh, came in with 64% of the 25% turnout. Now, you know, I was telling somebody earlier, you know, it's interesting. Mayor Woodfin won last night. Well, maybe that means the fact that he got endorsed by President Joe Biden actually means something. I doubt it. Um, it it's, it's, a, it's a fairly liberal demographic right there where you are. I mean, the, the people there tend to vote Democrat more often than not. That's why he's in office in the first place. His predecessor, you know, Mayor William Bell, was not known for being conservative whatsoever. And so... Uh, you're looking at a situation where it was going to be a liberal, it was going to be a Democrat, um, but Mayor Woodfin has put some extremely, extremely liberal policies in place. And I think, to be honest with you, I think some of you guys who stood idly by in Birmingham and let this happen on your watch are going to watch your businesses suffer as people want to leave the city and start moving out to the outlying suburb towns. You're going to see restaurants that decide it's time to finally move to Mountain Brook. You're going to see restaurants that think it's finally time to move to Hoover. You're going to see businesses that go, you know what? I'm tired of new occupational taxes. And you watch. I was having a conversation with one of the guys I work with, uh, uh, Carl, over at uh, the Alabama Policy Institute yesterday. <clears throat> and he made the point. He said he's not going to be a bit surprised if Woodfin doesn't come out of this believing he has a mandate and decides to go ahead and start putting even more woke policies in place. I mean, he already enacted Alabama's only SOGI ordinance, which stands for Sexual Orientation Gender Identity, which, which you know, provides some, some protections, uh, sort of like, you know, employment discrimination for handicapped and pregnant, pregnancy and that kind of thing. They've got it now for sexual orientation in Birmingham. I mean, it's just... It's unbelievable the things he's done. Of course, there's always been the things like recognizing Black Lives Matter. Uh, and, uh, or what about when Church of the Highlands uh, had done so much to help the city, and then they were being attacked by liberals, uh, and Mayor Woodfin completely abandoned them and, 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 and left them uh, hanging out to dry, despite the fact that he had said before he couldn't do without them. Uh, you know, just, just things like that. It's amazing to me. But here we are, one of the biggest cities in the South, 
the second largest, now the second largest city in, in, in Alabama, and Mayor Randall Woodfin has now been reelected. And there's no telling what he's going to do because the, uh, the hip mayor from Birmingham probably feels like he's got his mandate, and we'll wait and see how that plays out. Uh, you know, other things happening right now in politics, I'll tell you this uh, before we get to the top of the hour. One thing I am very excited about, by the way, in the neighboring state of Georgia, uh, Raphael Warnock better watch out. Copper, have you heard who's running for U.S. Senate in Georgia? No. I got the paper. I'm looking at it right here. Herschel Walker. Do you know who Herschel Walker is uh, before I say that, Copper? I'm afraid not. Oh, God. Oh, Copper. Oh, kills me. All right. So, well. He's oh, 59. football. He's, okay. Oh, you look him up? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So Herschel Walker, uh, just an amazing, I mean, I mean, he was like poetry in motion when he used to run the ball. I mean, God help you if you got in his way. Um, if he, if he had a head on opportunity, he was not going to run around you. He was one of those who would run over you. Um, and, and so anyway, Herschel Walker is a extremely conservative and he is running right now as a Republican against this liberal cartoon we have in the U S Senate over there named Raphael Warnock. Um, uh, a lot of folks have forgotten that, you know, Warnock won the race last September, uh, or excuse me, uh, November, but that was actually a special election. Um, so the special election means that the full term is coming up on the 2022 ballot. And so he's not going to be in office very long. And he now has uh, some pretty stiff competition. By the way, I guarantee you, if he hasn't already done it, um, maybe he has. I'm looking at this article here. Yeah, Walker has the backing of former President Donald Trump. Trump has said that Walker would be, quote, unstoppable as a Senate candidate. Yeah, so he's not endorsed him as a candidate per se. What he's done is he's he said he hopes he runs because he would be unstoppable. Um, that's that's big doings, folks. Uh, Love the days when uh, Heisman Trophy winner, you know, Herschel Walker. I'm an Auburn fan, but he was fun to watch play for Georgia. Man, oh man, he's going to be fun to watch run for the U.S. Senate. Uh, I'm hoping he wears a Warnock out. Um, this is going to be fun. Herschel Walker running for U.S. Senate. All right, folks, we're at the top of the hour. Coming out of the last hour. I got some stuff. I'm going to play some clips for you from a Biden press conference yesterday that boggles people's minds even still today. I'm going to play you the clips about here we were thinking he was going to talk about Afghanistan. And he spent the first five minutes and six seconds talking about his social agenda and thanking Nancy Pelosi. I'll play you some of that. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, News Talk 770 AM, 92.5 FM, and live online at rightsideradio.org. Solid, conservative, just plain right. We'll be right back. 